Hey guys, thanks for joining us on uh, Teach Me to Father the Podcast. This is Barry Edgman, Father Seekers, and this is the podcast Teach Me to Father. Hey, we're glad that you joined us today. We have lots to talk about, and primarily, it's one of the big hot topics right now for dads. Huge topic. Huge. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you tuned in. I want to encourage you to, when you get a chance, to jump on our website, fatherseekers.org, fatherseekers.org, and look around and take a look. We are adding things each week for for supplements, information, teaching. Right now, everything that we put out on that website is free. And we will continue to do that. We will keep it free. There are some merchandise pieces that you can buy and some training courses. But everything on the website now is free. And we're putting more, more information on there for you to just download and use as you see fit. But I want to encourage you to do that. We have a network building of guys all around the country. Friends, new friends, acquaintances and even some groups that are gathering, beginning to gather around the rally point of being a great dad, fatherless fathers, overcoming fatherlessness, becoming great dads. That's that's our mission. That's what we are about. And there are more uh, more guys that are in that realm, in that in that place in their life where where they did grow up fatherless. Okay, we did. That's what was dealt to us, but now we move forward. We don't we don't wallow around in that puddle. We get better, we get bigger, we get stronger, and we become great dads. <clears throat> you know, I heard a thing the other day. A guy said, "Be be the dad that you you wanted but never had." I don't I don't really buy that anymore. Here's why. I think I think the best dad we could ever be is the dad that God helps us to become. So there's more than just becoming what you didn't have to your kids. That, that's cutting them short. And today, I want to talk about that sort of thing about becoming more, becoming more than you ever thought you could be, more than you, you ever thought possible given your circumstances, given the, the life that you were dealt as a youngster and how you grew up. Here's, here's the truth. When we begin to move and to, to examine the options that we have as men and to grow and become greater men, then this, this is what I know. I know this, that, that there are options for us to be great dads. So, so let's talk about this idea, this concept here real quick about what, what are some of the things that I have to contend with to, first of all, examine and investigate my own life? Now, that, that, is, that is a hot topic right now for men to, to begin to investigate their life, to investigate and assess who they are. Here's the secret about that. We can't do it alone. That is, that is the bottom line truth. There is no way that we can assess and investigate our lives alone. Sure, absolutely, we need, we need God to help us do that. 
Absolutely, we need to mark our matrix of assessing by what Scripture says about being a man. Yes, but there's a third component of that, that triad, that three-legged stool, and that is having other men in your life to help walk along with you because the more the more that I talk to men even recently in in even the last few days, I'm seeing and hearing this great challenge of wanting to become more, wanting to be more, wanting to be the the most excellent father they can be, the most excellent husband they can be. And, and there are a couple of missing pieces, a couple, a couple of missing links, and those missing links, one is to have the bravery and the courage to begin to investigate and assess and examine your life, and then the other side of that is to do that along with somebody else, not your wife, not your kids, because they're really not qualified. They can tell you, they can tell you, your wife and kids can tell you what quality of treatment they're getting from you, and that's a big marker. But to have a, a man in your life to say, hey, look, here's what you're doing really great. Let's capitalize on this. But when those other areas surface and emerge, those areas, those areas need to be addressed. And we cannot fight this battle alone of becoming a great father, an excellent father. Here's, here's, here's a thing. Here's an idea to float in your mind. If we could do it on our own, we would have already been to the destination of being a great father. So so we know that that is not true. The next question is, how do we find those guys who can help us? Well, there are lots of ways to do it. In your community of faith is one place. There are also ways that you can create and begin to seek out other men and begin to build your own small circle or your own small group of men who have these sorts of discussions. The other part of that is the willingness to begin to look around inside your life. That That's, that's the big push past. That's the gateway to change. And I will tell you that the change that's required here the change that's required to do what we're talking about is not really that big a deal once you get into it. What the big deal is, is deciding to start. So I have a topic today I want to talk to you about, and it, it is about being being a man, being a man of, of openness and intimacy. Now, you can't do that with everybody, and there are certain tiers and levels that we have and certain people we're able to do that with. Like there's a level of openness and intimacy we have with our wives in in discussion and telling our thoughts and feelings and and what is cycling through our lives at the moment. That's the one we should be most open with. But I would also add this idea that until we get past this 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 thinking that we don't have to share our feelings. We don't have to share our insights or how we feel. We're not going to grow. So here's the topic I want to talk to you about. The topic today is guards up, walls down. Guards up, walls down. The more men I talk to who have had indiscretions or moral failures or, or shortcomings or just have not been able to get out of the chute 
in the race, this this marathon that we're running as men, they the the number one the number one challenge in moving forward in this race is is when there is some sort of 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 setback or failure or problem, they beat themselves up because they they say, I, I've said in my own personal life, I let my guard down. I will never do that again. Now, when men say that, what happens with their guard going back up is they become very, very protective of, of who they let inside their circle and inside their heart and inside their mind. But they also build protective walls. We all do it. We build a fortress around us to protect us and to keep us from having the embarrassment and the frustration and and the hard work it takes to bounce back from letting our guards down and having to deal with and, and suffer the consequences of whatever whatever happened to us or through us when we let our guard down. There is nothing wrong with letting your guard down around the right people because eventually you have to let somebody in, but you have to guard that circle of people who come in. The other part of of keeping your guard up is having the proper guard, the proper guard. What is the proper guard? The proper guard is this. I have a pattern and a plan for the dad the man, the entrepreneur, the father that I want to be, I have I have a model and I have a plan and I'm pursuing that model and plan. But I cannot do it alone because my insight is not good enough. It's not it's not broad enough, deep enough, wide enough to get me where I need to go. I need people to come alongside me and to coach me and to lead me men who have already done what I'm trying to do because when we let our guard down guys we are we are we are walking into a place where we are making ourselves open and available for input for constructive criticism and for growth when we walk into that position as a man to be open and give people other qualified men in our lives the opportunity to speak into our lives when we do that we are opening ourselves up to this one thing and here here's the one thing i i speak to guys all the time and and one of the things that happens is they will seek out great great they'll seek out advice and most of the time i will ask who else have you been speaking with so I'll know what sort of approach to take. But but many times I find with some men, not all, but some men, they will ask the same question to lots of people. That's great. Seek out counsel, the scripture says. But when you're asking people for advice and they give you rock solid advice through their experience and their, their experience with other men, their experience in their own life, wisdom they've gained from the from being a man and wisdom they've studied in scripture. But but some of these guys don't take up that advice and move forward. They just continue to ask. And that is that is a pitfall. When when and listen closely here. Listen closely. I call these guys ask holes. They're always asking 
for information and you give them great counsel and great information and all that information just falls into a bottomless pit and it disappears. When we do that as a guy, when we become just an ask hole, a bottomless pit of information gathering and we don't move on some of it, we we harden our heart and our understanding to good wisdom and good advice and good counsel. And we tend to ignore what is good. So so what I want you to what I want you to consider and to really, really process in your thinking is this. If you are seeking out good counsel and you get good counsel, write it down, journal it, think it through, walk it through, and take what works and at least start with that. 90%, 90% of the hard work of getting on this journey to be a great father, a great husband, a great man, a great entrepreneur, a great employee is to start doing today something worthy of your time and your effort. We don't know when tomorrow, what tomorrow brings, so we have to be on the spot now. Okay, so so we've talked about keeping your guard up and, and letting it down when it needs to be down. But when we make a mistake and we put our guards up and there is there is literally nobody going to get, get through that guard because nobody will, will be granted access, then we build up protective walls as well. And when you build up those protective walls, You are shutting yourself off. I am shutting myself off. I am blockading people from being involved in my life, people who are wise, people who can be extremely helpful and encouraging, and as well as well, men who have walked the path and who have experienced some of the very same things or similar things that you are walking through right now. There is multitudes of wisdom in counselors. There is multitudes of information and next step pieces that can help you when you allow people in your life to help and to guide and to lead, especially when you when you have the option and the opportunity of older men. I've gained some of the best wisdom in my life from old men. Many of them have proven track records of 50, 60 years, 70 years. I'm not just talking about being alive. I'm talking about walking with God, understanding and knowing that wisdom, having good families. You can't, you can't buy that kind of stuff, man. You can't buy that kind of wisdom. And I don't know what it is in the mind of a man who, who keeps, we, we're, we're weird animals, bro. We think we can do all this on our own, and we think it's a valiant thing to be a loner and a lone wolf. It is not. It is not. It is not. We will go nowhere but to depression and loneliness if we try to do this thing on our own. If I've talked to one man lately, I've probably talked to six or eight who have fallen in this trap of thinking that because of some penalty or some problem or embarrassment that they can't be open and ask for help and they become depressed and downhearted and discouraged and frustrated. It, it, is, it is by nature that we act this way because it is by nature that we were created to walk along with other people. Other men, 
a community of men. God designed, just like he did women, God designed as well for men as he did women to be in community with other men because there is a there is there is a there is a hebrew a hebrewism a word that's called mutter and when you mutter about something you are you are taking a, an idea or a concept and you're bouncing it around and discussing it and walking through it in the hebrew tradition you don't usually get to a conclusion but you get you you to one thing is right, but you get to this overall conclusion that this is how this applies to each of us in a bit of a different way, but yet the truth is the same. My life and my situation is unique to me, but it's similar to someone else's. So when we walk through these same problems and we look for wisdom to apply and we apply that wisdom, then we have someone to walk alongside us. Now, Here's the truth about walls that have been put up. These defensive walls that keep people out. I'm not saying enemy. I'm not saying keeping, let the wall down for enemy. I'm saying the walls have to come down when we're blockading ourselves from good wisdom and good help. What we're doing when we do that is we're teaching our wives and our kids how to do the same. When we build those walls, one of the things that we steal from ourselves is the opportunity to walk alongside other men, brotherhood, wisdom gaining, practicing wisdom together. Some of the very best men, strongest, wisest men I've ever, ever met in my life, successful in every part of their life, are men that walked with other guys who were wise and smarter than them and faster and quicker than them, and had more time under their belt in being a man. The strike against a fatherless guy is that we missed out on lots of that being embedded in us by our fathers. And look, here's here's the real here's the real story. The real story is that that happened. It is it is it is it is what what we have to deal with. But we can't stay on that one destination and using that opportunity to not move forward. Let's talk about some practical ways to assess, to assess your life. One of the things, one of the, one of the principles of assessment is to do it with the right mind. When we assess ourselves with the right mind, then we'll get to a conclusion that's positive and fruitful at the end of that assessment and assessing has to go on often, not, not every day, every moment, but often it's called recalibrating your plan. Now, when I talk to, to guys that I coach or in groups or guys that I do to uh, group training with one of the, one of the things we talk about is assessment. And what I find more often than not is that, that, they and we tend to assess ourselves from a naked negative vantage point. We cannot we cannot assess ourselves in in the moment from a negative vantage point. How do you not do that? You 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 don't do that by finding some criteria and and a pattern, a model that you can say, this is similar to what I want to be. I want to be 
like this in this area of my life. So I create a plan and make a matrix of what that part of my life should look like. For example, if I want to be better in in time management, then I look at how to use calendars and schedules, which will bleed over into budgets, financial budgets, time budgets, using time wisely. If if I am assessing that, I don't I don't beat myself up and and continue to downgrade my forward movement by what I've not done and how much I regret. I have to find a pattern and a model that works. And once I find that pattern and model that works, then I can begin to move forward and then I can begin to make movements in my life toward managing my time well because time is the one fortune that we spend and we never get back. We can never buy back time. We can never we can never reinvest it. We have to have a plan with our time. So when you assess yourself, when I assess myself, I, I have to assess based on the plan. Now, one of the things that you'll hear me say hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times is if you don't know, you don't know until you learn what's proper and what's right. Now, most of us in many areas of our life have learned things the hard way, and sometimes learning things the hard way is not the most ideal because we're forced into it, and then 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 that becomes whatever that is, becomes a drudgery, and then that drudgery uh, pollutes this wonderful thing called calendar that we manage. I coach guys all the time on their on their calendar. I can tell about a man if I ask him three things. Does he have a calendar that he manages? Does he have a budget that he manages? And what does he do in his spare time to refresh himself? You can tell a lot about a man in those areas. So I would ask you those questions. Calendar? Budget? What do you do to refresh yourself? We're not here to find all the cracks and the crevices and the breaks in our life, to beat us and to to downgrade us and to regret and be frustrated. We're here to repair the breach. We're here to fix and to move forward. One of the other things that, that we do in assessment is we don't have a big picture view, the big picture view. What's a big picture view about finding a model in a pattern. Models models are great. Patterns are great. But if we're not leveraging patterns and models in, in a positive way, we're going to end up stalemating our movement and just stop where we are. I don't know about you, but I don't need anybody else to tell me how much wrong I've been doing. I need somebody to assess and say, hey, I see this in your life. Let's talk about that and let's create some basic steps to move forward. Cause I know you don't I don't you don't want this thing creeping up in your life. The other part about assessing, and this is the big tool, is when you begin to move forward and you begin to have positive forward movement, do you know what's gonna happen? Your family's gonna say, What what what's wrong? What are you why are you doing what what's different? What are you doing? They see the change quicker than anybody else, kids and wives. 
They see the change. Extended family, they see the change. Do you know why? Is because when we have a model and we're pursuing patterns, we are we are beginning to change the game in a slow pace, a steady pace, a pace that holds once you move past that point. And people notice that. Employers notice that. Friends notice that. It's 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 beyond past time that men in this situation we're discussing today understand that when we make a good forward move and it's solid and it's effective and it's permanent and it becomes a pattern, we need to learn to celebrate the win. We don't celebrate wins as men. We ignore the opportunity to celebrate a win. Now, I'm not saying every kid get a trophy because they're on the baseball team. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we do something significant, even a small thing, we've changed the way we play the game and we've become a better man for it. That's the win. That has to be celebrated. That That is one of those things that we have to begin to celebrate because celebration creates monuments to a moment on our lifetime, our lifeline, our timeline in our life where we change the course of our life. We, we, we redirected destiny and legacy, not only for ourselves, but for our families, because really we're past time now trying to figure out what, what am I going to do that's impressive in this life and what's, what am I going to be remembered for? Yes, important, major, huge. But our, our game now is those who follow behind us, the wife and the kids and the family and the friends, they are looking for leadership. And we will be always be leading. We will always be making disciples. But the question is, where are we leading? How are we leading? And what sort of disciples are we making? Because we're the trendsetter for their legacy and destiny. And when we begin to think like that, we begin to enjoy the celebrations. There are guys that I get, get together with that are some of my best friends in the world. And when we get together and something great happens, we celebrate it. We we enjoy that moment for that guy because that guy has put the work in to change something that was embedded in his life through problems, trauma, abandonment, inferiority, insecurity, intimidation. We, we celebrate. Why? Because celebration washes away trauma. Once you deal and figure out what the trauma points are in your life and you begin to celebrate, trauma trauma is the exact opposite of celebration. So when we begin to celebrate for good reason, we begin to see, hey, what's tracking here? Something, something big, something big is going on here. I'm really loving this right now. And it gives us more motivation. It, it gives us encouragement. When you begin to look, when you begin to look at where you've come from and see where you are today, it won't be too much further down the line when you go, whoa, holy cow, how did I come so far? And then that's where Thanksgiving comes in. Not the meal, not the turkey and the dressing, although that's wonderful. But then you become thankful for where you've been to where you've come. And things begin to shift when you give thanks. Things begin to turn 
your attitudes and the way you look at life and the way you see the future, it turns, it shifts. You you begin to see in front of you instead of just two or three steps, you begin to see a mile or two and you begin to see that the trajectory of the incline is going up now. It's not flatlined or it's not it's not descending, but it's ascending now, growing upward. Why? Because because you made a decision in a point to let your guard down at the right time, keep it up at the right time, and to keep the necessary walls up of protection from enemies, but not from allowing people to come in and be a part of your life. That's why in every great wall, there's a, there's a, there's a door that's secure and impenetrable. We can't just we just can't block people out. Can't do that. And 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 most of us when we've been wounded or hurt or or we we at least have experienced disloyalty, then we want to block everyone out. We want to keep everybody out because we swear we will never experience disloyalty again. Well, here's the fact. It's part of life. We just have to have those crew, that crew of men who are wise and godly and have some insight about life. The other part of assessment is this, is once you begin to see positive patterns develop, once you begin to see positive patterns develop, begin to build on those positive patterns. How can I increase the positivity in this pattern in my life? For example, you may never have have started keeping a calendar. Now you have your whole life on a calendar. And then you, you can begin to see the patterns that are good and some of the patterns that need to be adjusted. So now you're at what I call the calibration moments where you see, wait a minute, I see this ascending in my life and I don't need as much of that. Then you calibrate. And you twist the dial because what you will begin to see, for example, in time management is, am I, am I spending the proper time for myself to encourage and build myself up and become a wiser man? Am I spending appropriate and proper time with my lady? Am I spending proper and appropriate time with my children to help them grow and develop? And of course, when you begin calibration, you have to 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 let to take up something more you have to let something else go this is called setting core values core values again on our on our analogy our example how many days a week do i need to set aside how many evenings do i set aside this is an example of a pattern that i spend with my children how many how many nights a month evenings a month do i say this is time that i set aside to spend with my wife if you are if you are always calibrating and checking in and watching then you can manage time better because you've practiced you've looked at this you've assessed you are seeing a trend that's positive you want to accentuate that trend and and now because your whole life is on a calendar Again, with the example, you become a great steward of your time. When you become a great steward of your time, you begin to create opportunity to be invested in other things that are going to help you grow. 
that will help your wife grow, that will help your children become great kids. Now, let's talk about the last piece of assessment. And and this 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 is probably the most important piece. It's part of being thankful and grateful for what's happened to you and who who has been invested to help you in your life. But now it's your turn to pay it forward, to give somebody else the wisdom that you've received. You'll know when it's time. You'll know when that guy wanders into your life looking for help. You'll know if that guy is the one you need to invest in. But what you what you have now in your quiver, your arrows, your bow, you've got wisdom to show him and to guide him and to help him along, just like somebody else did you. Men men tend to 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 be like the guys they're around. They tend to hang out with the guys they want to be like. Here's my point. When you begin to live your life with excellence and you 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 are a guy who has it together, you're not perfect, but you got it together and you're working on it, other men will notice that and they will say that there's something about that guy. I got to learn what's happening in his life. Usually there'll be there'll be a lot of people once they figure out you're a smart guy and you know what you're talking about, they're going to want to attach to you. And then you will have to to monitor and determine which is the best use of my time. This this is this the, what I what I'm telling you today on this podcast is what God created you to do and to be and to become and to share. And it will never happen until we we keep our guards up always to protect ourselves from from real enemies and necessary protection from attack, not to be caught off guard to get in trouble that that would would have been prevented if our guard was up. But neither do we build walls and keep everyone out. We have a secure door that we allow people in. Now, I said walls down. I don't mean to say to you that we we don't need to, to guard and protect what is ours, but we have to give access to people who we need in our lives. And I will tell you that if you feel like you don't need anybody, you have just you have just made one of the biggest mistakes in your life. You're you're listening to a guy who did that for many years and ended up a mess and a wreck. So I challenge you not to fall into that trap. Now let's 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 look at one one other piece of this of this guards up concept, this guards up idea. Once you get a healthy insight on keeping your guard up, you'll begin to sense and to realize and to see things you didn't sense, realize, or see before because there's an awakened awareness in your life now where you can detect threats and enemies not only for yourself and your wife and your kids and your family, but these threats actual and perceived, you'll begin to see them and you'll need this wisdom. Those threats are always there, real and actual and perceived. They're always there. Just when when we when we are when we are overshadowed with distraction and frustration because we know that we're better than we are and we just can't get to the better, to the excellent, we get frustrated and we don't we don't have the ability to see these threats. When you move forward and you begin to grow, you'll begin to notice and to see these threats. You'll begin to understand there's more at stake here than I ever thought possible, more at stake than I ever 
ever, ever perceive. In fact, I'm, I'm so awake to it now that I'm alarmed a little. Good. Don't let being alarmed overwhelm. Build your cadre. Build your team. Build your guys. Build your team of guys that are on the same journey you are that you could call in the middle of the night if you were out of town on work and say, hey, my kids and my wife need you. I need you to get there now. Those are the guys. Those are the guys who fight with you. Those are the guys when demons come and the battle is bigger than you can handle. Those are the guys you call. And if you don't have those guys in your life, you're missing out one of the best, most incredible blessings, opportunities, enjoyment. Unbelievable. Hey, brother, fatherseekers.org. This is the podcast, Teach Me to Father. My name is Barry Edgman. Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, at fatherseekers.org. Go crush it, big man. Thank mm-hmm. you.